Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and culture. I'm Aaron Smith. And I am James Allen Hall. For those uh, listening for the first time, uh, we do this show in segments. We do literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do. We interview. We shade. We laugh. And we are not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Aaron. Hey, Spaghetti. <laughs> I have no idea why. Well, I know why. You get me hot and I'm not straight. And you'll stick to the wall. <laughs> Put a little olive oil on me and I go down easy. Whatever you make your own. Anyway. <laughs> this is the perfect introduction for, because how else do you introduce the rock star that is Denise Duhamel? I don't know if you introduce her with spaghetti sex references, but <laughs> I think you only introduce her with spaghetti <laughs> sex references. I think she would get a kick out of it. So um, the, for those of you who have not heard of Denise Duhamel, clearly there's life on other planets because yeah. that's where you've been living. Yeah, it's like, um, you're dumb. So <laughs> yeah, just kidding. We no. want you to beat someone new if you don't know them. So let me tell you a little bit about Denise. Her most recent book is called Second Story from the University of Pittsburgh Press. She writes collaboratively with Maureen Seaton, as well as Julie Marie Wade. Um, she writes prose with Julie, um, and she teaches at FIU. Sorry and she's won major awards. I mean, Huge she won awards. a Guggenheim and NEA. And also, if I may say, she did pick my book in 2004 That's before right. we knew each other. And it, she's the person I owe like so, so, so much to. But we had the best time interviewing her. She's so much fun. And in part one, she tells us really her origin story and shares some poems with us. This episode starts off with a poem James absolutely loves. And it's from Second Story, so let's just jump right in. All right, this poem is called The Revolution 2018, and it's after Gil Scott Heron's poem. Our revolution will not be soapy and feel good like the real woman dove campaign. Our revolution will not take place in the Senate or House. Our revolution will be doomed in Wolf Blitzer's situation room. Our revolution will not be knitted into a pussy hat. Our revolution will not be delivered by Amazon Prime. Our revolution will not come in 32 different flavors. Our revolution will not be delivered by Rachel Maddow or Anderson Cooper. Our revolution will not be delivered by Jesus or Buddha or Muhammad or the Virgin Mary. Our revolution will not be delivered by Domino's in 30 minutes or less. Our revolution will not be helped by Nancy Pelosi or Susan Collins. Our revolution may actually be led by Tarana Burke and Stormy Daniels or Hannah Gadsby and Kathy Griffin. Our revolution may be spawning in every one of us right now. The revolution against us, a horrible historical rerun. You will not be able to stay home, sister. If you don't fight, sister, you will no longer have a home. I don't know a lot about sort of your origin story as a poet. 
So how did you find like the guts and the courage? And I know you were reading amazing writers, but how did you mm-hmm. find the guts and the courage and like, okay, this is the voice and it's very different than the voices around me, like sticking with that. As you even said, people were like, oh, you're shrill, you're angry. Oh yeah. But tell me a little bit about that if you can. I know it's a lot there, but tell no, me a little this bit about is that. Fab- I think also, um, so I, Jean was my first teacher who was a woman, Jean Valentine. Okay. She rest in peace. So when I was coming up, I went to Emerson College. I went, well, first I went to University of Rhode Island, which was like sort of a disaster, but it was a state school because I'm from Rhode Island. So I transferred Mm -hmm. there and um, Bill Knott was there. And Bill Knott, I know is um, also, I'm losing all my mentors. There's like only one left. It's really hard. But um, so he was so in a school of his own. Okay, so one of my first classes with Bill Knott, we had to go around the room and, you know, say what poets we were reading. And of course, we were reading like nothing because we were undergrads and you know, I had Sylvia Plath. And some woman in the class, a young woman next to me said, I really like Lynn Lifshin. And he said, get out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, but Lynn Lifshin's really good. He's like, out, out of my class. You can't, you're unteachable. I mean, he was... He was oh very, my God. he had Tourette's actually. Okay. So it was a really fascinating, I mean, he, he would, he would have been fired. So he was a big influence in that um, he was just like the first poem I ever got in plowshares was accepted by Bill Knott, though I didn't know he was at, he was the editor um, for a special issue. And it was a poem about um, Boy George. So I was born, Boy George and I share a birthday. He didn't write about pop culture. He didn't even probably know who Boy George was exactly, but like he was open to anything. Like he didn't make us try to sound like Bill Knott or anybody really. Mm -hmm. Um, And my other teacher there was uh, Tom Lux towards, but they only had him for one semester and the rest were just adjuncts who don't even really write poetry anymore. So um, I just remember like the last semester um, Tom Lux came in and he was a visiting writer and um, He's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I have a waitressing job at the Prue. Like, I didn't even think, like, I think maybe I could substitute teach. I wasn't even thinking like a career. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you should get an MFA. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, oh, it's a motherfucking arts degree. <laughs> 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 I'm like, what? So I, that, so I did. And then at Sarah Lawrence, I did, um, you know, I had Jean Valentine as a professor. And she was even more hands off. I mean, she basically would go around the room, everyone would say something, and then she would summarize what we said. She was so like, Mm. again, someone, you know, so I think just having Jean, who no one can really imitate, you know, you try Mm -hmm. to imitate Jean and you just suck. Fail, yeah. Fail. And the same with um, Bill Knott. Also, you can't imitate. And I think that they just let us go where we wanted to go. But at that time... Um, so it was uh, Michael Burkhart, who was also completely like a hands-off kind of teacher. Um, Tom was there. Um, and it was just sort of like, I went to the New Yorkan Poets Cafe all the time. And then it was really binary. It was either you're a performance poet or you were an academic poet. You know, so I was like in between these worlds. But um, I think that's kind of how I got myself going. So I remembered my, mm-hmm. my, my really big influences are so strange. Like, um, 
Jennifer Blowdryer, who was a performance poet, who I thought was really <laughs> I'm obsessed with that name, Jennifer Oh my God, Blow-dryer. I was just like, she's so cool. She was so cool. Dangerous Diane was another one. You know, like it's really like tattoo. I mean, I was like the opposite of that, but like very tough, tattoo-y type. Dangerous Diane had a chapbook called The Vulva Poems, like in 1985. And just like, try to hurt me using the word vulva. You can't. Mm. It's soft. It's whatever it is. You know, <laughs> she was so good. And so I, I didn't, but then living in New York is when I started, okay, Sharon Oles, um, yes. uh, Marilyn Hacker, even Allen Ginsberg was still alive. So I would go to these readings and it was just like, date, and that's how I met David Trinidad. He was reading at the, um, what was it? But uh, St. Mark's when it was still, they said, and I went and not only was he reading these amazing, I mean, I was just like, I want to be your friend, like basically. And he was like, okay, lady. And he was actually <laughs> reading collaborative poems too. Oh. He wrote um, with Bob Flanagan. He had written a book called Taste of Honey, a little chapbook, which I still have. And so oh, wow. I think that it was all that, but then, so it was all, those were like the live people. But then of course, Frank O'Hara, I'd love mm-hmm. Frank O'Hara's reading Frank O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, black Jane Ann Phillips, oddly enough, um, she had a little chapbook called Sweethearts, which was all prose poems. Whole. I learned to masturbate late in my mid 20s with a self help book in my loft bed in East Village. A few blocks over at an underground club, people were having orgasms in public. And on stage at the Pyramid, Annie Sprinkle showed her cervix to all who were interested. And I met you in 1996. You mm-hmm. read at the Beehive. You read yep. Girl Soldier. My favorite yep. first line of a book is still, I learned to masturbate late from Girl Soldier. Thank still you. my favorite. <laughs> and you wrote in the book, Thanks. like, I was struggling with, like, being really honest. And you wrote in my book, Don't Be Afraid to Say It. And I think about that all the time. So you've been a touchstone for me. And I think... James said you've given voice to life to so many queer writers. I think you're definitely like a share. We said that on an episode in our community. I heard that. I was so happy because I'm sure if I would have ever spawned, I know just have a whole bunch of little gay boy <laughs> babies. <laughs> I know it. I just not. I wouldn't yeah. like that's who I, I mean, it must have been a formative experience. I mean, I think my first boyfriend in high school was again two. David, I had two. Is this David Lemieux? David Lemieux, oh, who died. I know. We were like both chubby with curl. Like we were like little twins. I love that man's uh, mm-hmm. boy so much. And then they had another uh, gay boyfriend in high school. And <laughs> and I think now, and I used to be like, why am I attracted to, you know, what's wrong with me? But I realized it was like a way, like if I could have these gay, these two gay boyfriends, I wouldn't get married and I wouldn't get stuck in my hometown. Mm-hmm. So somewhere back in, cause I had, when I had my second gay boyfriend who is, he's so cool. His name is Scott Boschman and he's actually on where the bears are, which is like, it's like, like amazing. I know he's very cute and very cool. And James very is so happy. I James. totally know what that is. <laughs> I you know what it is. I, I know. Yeah, I didn't know course, what it was, but then yeah. my friend was like, Oh my God, Scott's on the thing. Anyway, he was so like, formative in many ways. And I remember I left, I was going to, I had a, uh, a pre-engagement ring in like 11th grade. It was so scary. Cause I, like I had a straight boyfriend who was like super nice. My parents loved him. He was so nice. And he was like, um, 
well, uh, we should get engaged. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to get engaged. You know, I just, I want to be a writer, la, 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 la. And he's like, okay. And then he gave me a pre-engagement ring, which I didn't even know existed. Mm. And I left him for a gay guy. <laughs> I was just like, I drove this gay guy home one night and I just like kissed him in the car. And he was like, okay. <laughs> Denise Duhamel has had more gay boyfriends than Aaron Smith and I combined. <laughs> I, make it three months. I make it three months and I'm like, can you quit calling me? Yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> but they, I think that they helped me. Those two, like David and Scott helped me. So like, I remember when Scott, like my second gay boyfriend like came out I was like so devastated not that I wanted to get married I don't even know what I wanted mm-hmm. but I just like he was so cool and I think that his sensibility and campiness and hilarity mm-hmm. like I don't know I just mm-hmm. I don't know it was like they they helped helped me I mean it's like I know I helped them because I was like you know accepting and they had yeah Accept- yeah. yeah and they yeah. could go to the prom with someone and I wasn't gonna like you know, straddle like, mm-hmm. to attack them or anything. <laughs> straddle them. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, okay, this is why I had I didn't want to get married and I did not want to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Because yeah. that yeah. was happened yeah. to every yeah. smart girl in my class. So I did a little research and I posed it to James. Do you know how many times you've been in Best American? Because it was between you and Terrence. And I was I was saying one who's been in the most. So Terrence Hayes beat you just a little bit, like three. But you're what? Do you know how many times you've been in? No. Eleven. Hell no. Eleven. Yeah. And we think it's so deserved. I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so, so no. fabulous. You're good. You're good. Thank and you. like, I, I look back on your, like I fangirl with Denise. Like I've met you. We've, you know, we've had dinner before and I love you. Correct. But like, love you, too. you did the Barbie poems. Like you were like, yeah. that was God, you. Kinky. I mean, do people still yes. talk to you about kinky? Yeah. And kinky, believe it or not, is going to be 25 years old. Oh my God. Wow. In March. It was translated this last March into Brazilian Portuguese. That's so amazing. I, I, the whole book. I mean, so That's it's like, so cool. it's so cool because it's like one of those things like, you know, when you're writing pop culture stuff, like, I mean, people are still writing Barbie poems and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, I just never thought she'd still be around. I think to be sort of cutting edge and in that moment, you're running the risk of how things will age. Mm-hmm. You're running the risk of like, are people going to connect or is the language going to change around this? Mm-hmm. And how do you, what do you do? You, how do you sort of think about that? Or you don't think about that? What does that sort of mean to you? Well, I kind of, you know, David Trinidad again is like the perfect person for this. Um, he has a poem in Plasticville called Fluff. And it's about fluff. No one remembers you. And it's a doll that came and went, you know, like a Barbie doll that just never caught on. And I think um, I used to worry about it more than I do now. Like I have like American History X or like these weird movies uh, or whatever that kind of just flopped, but I thought they were interesting <laughs> at the time. But now you find everything on Google. So I, I don't, it, it's almost a blessing and a curse that are, you know, like a commercial that um, like when in Second Story, I wrote about um, it's not nice to fool mother nature, that commercial. And I was like, Oh, I can't, Oh wait, I just have to go on Google. And they're, you know, like mm-hmm. the six different 
commercials are there. So, I mean, it's almost like you have to look up, I don't know, like a Greek God or (laughs) whoever, you know, but I do worry about not worry, but that makes me sound like it's like a bigger problem that it is. Mm -hmm. But like, I think when David and, and I and others were using Barbie dolls and Mm -hmm. talking about culture, pop culture, there was a cultural critique Mm-hmm. And I find now sometimes it's just in there because for shits and giggles or like, mm-hmm. da, 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 like you know, yeah. the, like signal a generation. And it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not enough to just put, you know, mm-hmm. like a Dove bar, ice cream bar. In your <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's yeah. okay, but if it yeah. goes on and on and on, it should have something to say about the culture. It should have some significance or be. I think so. Right? Yeah, I it should have some so. radiance in the poem. Correct. Yeah. Not just there because like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never yeah. think of you as doing just like cool signaling. Like first no, signaling, no, but cool no. signaling. I never <laughs> think of you doing that, which is why it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. But I guess I, I guess it's like um, sometimes I just think, uh-oh, mm-hmm. what did David and I spawn or did David spawn? You know, mm-hmm. is it just going to be like. It's both of you, you know, and and it's also I feel like you sincerely love the subject matter, and you can tell if you're mm-hmm. really invested in, like you know, it's like highbrow, lowbrow, sort of run on the same plane, right? Yeah, which is yeah, which is very like that postmodern. I mean, that's I think really like I think I learned that from David too. This poem is called David Lemieux. My first boyfriend is dead of AIDS. The one who bought me a terrarium with a cactus I watered until it became soft. The one who took me to his junior high school prom where I was shy about dancing in public. The one who was mistaken for a girl by a clerk when he wanted to try on a suit. In seventh grade, my first boyfriend and I looked a lot alike. Chubby arms, curly hair, our noses touching when we tried our first kiss. My boyfriend was the only one who met my grandmother before she died. Though, as a rule, she didn't like boys, I think she liked my first boyfriend. My first boyfriend and I sat in the back seat of my mother's car, and on the ledge behind us was a ceramic ballerina with a missing arm. We were driving somewhere to have her repaired, or maybe to buy the right kind of glue. My first boyfriend was rich and had horses and airplanes he could fly by remote control. My first boyfriend died on a mattress thrown in the back of a pickup because the ambulance wouldn't come. There was a garden in my first boyfriend's yard. One day, his mother said to us, pick out some nice things for lunch. My first boyfriend and I pulled at the carrot tops but all that came up were little orange balls that looked like kumquats without the bumps. My first boyfriend and I heard ripping through the soil that sounded close to our scalps, like a hairbrush through tangles. We were the ones who pushed the tiny carrots back down, hoping they were able to reconnect to the ground. We were the ones. Aaron, welcome to the bag check for the Denise to Hamill interview. One time I came on 
and I said, let's fact check this stuff. And it was almost like, let's fact check this shit. It's like what I felt like every time I hear that episode, I'm afraid I'm like going to say it. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's okay. And I loved this episode. I loved hearing her origin story. I love hearing how an artist became an artist. I, me too. I also think I've gotten several drag queen names out of this episode, including Dangerous Diane and Jennifer Blowdryer. Jennifer Blowdryer. Can you believe? So I looked both of these people up. I actually did too. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> did I Google them? I don't remember all their stuff, but I did Google because I couldn't stand it. Go ahead. It's amazing, right? So Jennifer Blowdryer is a writer, an actress, and a singer-songwriter. Mm. One of her books is called White Trash Debutante. I think it's about you. <laughs> um, well, I meant to tell you. <laughs> I have zero problem with that. <laughs> I mean, you are a blow dryer. So, uh, and a blow, Diane, a blow wetter. <laughs> um, so Dangerous Diane is also known as Dangerous Diane Spodarek, I think is how we would pronounce her name. You can find her at dangerousdiane.blogspot.com. She has an MFA from Eastern Michigan in video and performance. Denise says that she and boy George share the same birthday, but actually boy George was born the day after Denise. Oh God, what a wound. You sh- maybe we shouldn't know. have said that. Sorry, Denise. Sorry, Denise. It's okay. But you know what? Denise Duhamel can say she was born the same day as anybody else and fuck it. Yeah. She gets the right. Yeah, I love right? it. Love it. Denise mentions David Trinidad's book, A Taste of Hone, with Cold Calm Press that she that um, he wrote with Bob Flanagan. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to that book. And to, and to Bobby Flanagan. <laughs> and to know, Bob Flanagan. I don't know why I'm laughing. I don't know him at all. And I'm sure he's fine. I don't know is, either. Is he still alive? I don't know. I, I mean, we should ask Dangerous Diane. Yeah. Or um, yeah. Aaron Blowetter. Denise also talks about one of her other gay boyfriends. I forgot to write his name down. Well, she says it. It's he's in the, where the bears are. Right. So where the bears are is a show that ran from 2012 to 2018. It's been described by the creators as a cross between the golden girls and murder. She wrote. Ooh, I know the series focused on three gay bear friends sharing a house in the silver lake neighborhood who in each season are drawn into a different murder investigation if you don't know what a bear is think dad bod burly hirsute lumberjack vibes though of course there are different kinds of bears aaron including fem bears polar bears and younger bears called cubs I thought younger you bears like, were called otter. Oh, otters are, are like skinnier, like younger. Are, yeah. yeah, they're like the thin, like slightly hairy, yeah. like swimmers build. Sure, yeah. sure. If you want to know more about gay taxonomy, just visit my Instagram. I would love. Do you really have gay taxonomy? I would love it if you no. did. I know. But I just like publish a lot of bears. And I mean, like, not. I don't publish them, but like. They're just my friends. Yeah, there there was a go through my friends list. There was a little gay booklet and it had like all the different codes and you can't find it. It was in like a gay Barbie doll manual. And it's like, it looks so fabulous. It was a gay, the, the gay doll. I mean, they did a gay yeah. Uh, Barbie doll. Yeah, not Barbie, but you know, whatever brand. And I just looked 
Bob Flanagan was an American performance artist and writer known for his work on sadomasochism and lifelong struggle with cystic fibrosis. So um, he died Aww. January 4th, 1996. So I only cracked up just because the name for some reason made me feel weird or maybe it was looking at James. I don't know. There's just something sometimes we get the giggles. Yeah, I overplucked my eyebrows today. Kinky was published by Orchises Press in 1997. That's I thought it was Orcus's. Is it called Orcus? I don't know. When you said Orkaisi, I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea. Kinky was published in 1997 by either Orkaisis or Orcus's. It sounds like you're saying whales. I did. I don't no, think I did. It, it can be. No, but right? no, it's plural of orchids. Orcus's. No, it wouldn't be because orchids don't end with an S. Oh my God, my whole life I thought it was orchises. Like, that's the plural of orchi. Like, orchids. Orchids. It'd, or- like, it'd be orchids, not orchids. <laughs> orchids. Sounds like you are sharing clueless saying the plural of orcas. Like, orca. Orcises. Yeah, orca. It really did. Oh my God. Gabrielle Garcia Orca. <laughs> orca. Oh my God. That is such a good drag Isn't that name. Good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Gabriela Garcia Orca. Orca or orcases. <laughs> so that is. I can't with you, orchestras. I want to put an SES on everything. This is now. I literally, until just this moment, my whole life thought it was like plural of orchids, but I don't know why I think orchids wouldn't be orchids. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you, like an orchid, are so humid. Sometimes I really think where, this is where my poetry comes from. I live a little off, like a little off kilter in my head. I misread. Stop. I misread. No, I won't believe. Um, it. fuck off. And <laughs> and I I read and I miss see words and stuff and the weird phrases turn into like poems. But one day I didn't realize that um the alphabet song was just the melody of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and I've been singing it my really? whole life. Did you know that? A yeah. B C D. I didn't know that. Twinkle, twinkle. Yeah. And one day yeah. I was hurt. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> it was like lights on. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Although lights on for me was when I realized, actually, my teacher told us that you could sing most any Emily Dickinson song to the Yellow, Yellow Rose, Rose of Texas. Texas. Yeah. Or the theme song from Gilligan's Island. Oh. The soul selects her own society and then it shuts the door. Is that, I think may have left something out. But. It's a little bit there, right? Or uh, because she could not stop for death, she kindly he kindly stopped for me. Yeah. yeah. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. I like I just thought for some reason that I think a new word for masturbation would be like, I'm going to tickle Barbara Streisand. Oh, I like that. I just want to say that this is the second masturbation uh, innuendo or um, what's the euphemism well, that I that you've come really? up with visiting Aunt Carol. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Share Bear, like instead of Care Bear, Share Bear is a great I drag name. It. It's a great drag name. Oh, as a drag name. Yeah. Yes. As Cher a name Bear. for beating off. No. <laughs> I'm going to go Share Bear. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's where you fuck yourself with a Bob Mackie share doll. <laughs> That's what I think. I do. I mean, I do wear my Bob Mackie to, to masturbate. Well, this was, that was a very weird fact check. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Hey everyone. If you like today's breaking form, please go to the Apple store and review us with five stars 
Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BreakingFormPod. And be sure to check the show notes for references. And remember, we're not for everyone. I'm going to stop recording this so that we can get canceled. <laughs>